Hello, and welcome to Blank Plate, a podcast for Swifties with an appetite. I'm Sarah, and I used to be a little kid with glasses and a twin-size bed. I'm Laura, and I'm a mess, but I'm a mess that you wanted. And we've got a blank plate, baby, and we'll write your name. Heck yeah, we will. (laughs) Welcome back. Hey, how are you? You know, I'm sort of on this weird precipice professionally with my school year. Mm-hmm. Um, my coworker who I adore named Rachel, she is going on sabbatical and today was her last day. Oh, sad. And yeah. And her long-term sub started, which, um, seems like such a nice guy, but it's just going to be different. So mm-hmm. it felt like uh, this strange sort of crossroads for the end of the school year. And I've never taught at this school without Rachel and we're very close. We collaborate a lot. So it'll be an interesting change, but that's, that's how my day's been. So. So is she also a music teacher? Yeah, she teaches seventh grade music and I teach eighth. So okay, we do a lot of collaboration and stuff. So we also have very similar teaching styles. And that's always interesting to see when somebody new comes, what sort of way that they're going to lead their classroom. So mm-hmm. it's been kind yeah. of like a transition day for me personally. Okay. But wow. what about you? Uh, well, I wanted to share that. So I, one of my bosses has an eight-year-old who is a Swifty, an eight-year-old daughter. Yes. And so he frequently shares little tidbits with me like about her or like things he knows about Taylor because he's a little more paying attention now. He's in the know. Yeah. Yeah. He's more in the know. And so today he's like, oh, Sarah, I forgot to tell you that the other night I had a dream that Taylor Swift was in it. (laughs) And I said to him, Welcome oh, was my this, life. I said, was this your first? <laughs> and his brother, who's my other boss, was basically like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what, this was this your first? Really? And yeah. I was like, well, it happens to me all the time. So. She's in our psyche all the time. I think when yes. you listen to somebody so much and mm-hmm. you relate to somebody so much, how can you not dream about them? Hello? Yeah. Also, the dreams I've had with Taylor have been very vivid. And I've nice. had, <laughs> I've had a lot of dreams with Taylor where I'm like hanging out with her and I wake up and I'm like, that felt very intimate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we are friends. We are real friends. We are close, you know, in our, in our dreams one day mm-hmm. we can yeah. manifest that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So that was fun. Cute. But also, I thought, since this is a music podcast at its core, that it would be really fun if every now and then we share something that we're listening to that we're really into. Yeah, that sounds a fun. Recommendation. So I wanted to share that my hyperfixation album in the last week or so has been Tate, Tate McRae's album called Think Later. Have our, you spent any time with this? Our new Britney Spears, Tate McRae. Yes, <laughs> yes Which, I have. I went down a rabbit hole about her recently because I saw how everyone was like, oh, Tate McRae is bringing back the pop star who can dance whole thing. So then I was Googling her. She won So yeah. You Think You Can Dance when she was 13. <laughs> yeah. She's incredible. Yeah. So she's a dancer who became a pop star. Do you know one of her most popular comments on all of her performances are what get this girl a Britney Spears headset mic 
if you watch her performances, yeah. she is constantly handing off mics. She can't fully commit because she has this hand mic. Uh-huh. And every time I see a performance, now I can't not think that. Oh, I have to look this up. She needs like one of those Britney Spears style, just like mm-hmm. headset mics. Cause then she could go full out, you know? Yeah. So well, it's funny because Taylor's like signature, I feel like is the handheld mic. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, everything's the handheld mic. It's yeah. all that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's rip the mic away. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. She's I'm obsessed amazing. with this album. It's like the perfect background noise album to just vibe to when I'm getting in like a zone working on something. It's giving pop princess. It's yeah. great. I, I love it. it. Me it's too. so good. No big thumbs up. Yeah. Big <laughs> thumbs up. Mm-hmm. I do. It's not a recommendation, but just something I want to quickly chit chat about before we get into the core of our, you know, mm-hmm. our topic today Yeah, is this is going to be old news by the time this podcast come out. Cause that's just the culture in which we live. But mm-hmm. I want to have a little conversation about Ariana Grande's yes. And, um, talk to ha- me about it. Have you listened first off? Okay. So I know the song, but I have not gotten deep into any of the drama. With so it. just a background context. If you are unaware of Ariana Grande's yes. And Ariana Grande is a theater girly at her core. Her dream role was always to play um, a part in Wicked. She uh, apparently she was on Annie um, and on Broadway starting out. So she has a lot of like Broadway roots and she finally got her dream role of playing Galinda. However, Mm -hmm. this is now being completely overshadowed by the fact that she has had an affair with her coworker, Ethan Slater, who plays Bach, which is like kind of this, uh, ironically enough, a character who's obsessed with her character. Um, Okay. Yeah. So this is a showmance slash a work romance, but he was but married. He's, he's married. And then and they it's got sort together. Of, right. And it uncovered this whole okay. um, apparent pattern with Ariana Grande, where she has apparently stolen a lot of men. Um, <laughs> she has lost. So mm-hmm. Ariana Grande released a song. Yes. And, um, mm-hmm. and I think this was her attempt to clap back at that reaction of her, but it's, it's actually gotten her in some hot water. She's lost over 350,000 Instagram followers because of this. Um, some of the lyrics are incredibly, I would consider insensitive to the wife that, um, you know, was cheated on. Mm -hmm. And I think in her mind, she thought she was going to rise above the scandal, but I feel like this, although it's a bop, no, undeniably a Madonna-esque pop, synthy, glorious sparkle mm-hmm. album. The By the way, the term yes and is a play on like a theater improv, um, improv mm-hmm. I guess like mantra that people use in improv. It's when you're given something, you don't say no, you say yes and yeah. to continue the scene. So it's it's a play on this like theater girly side of her that she's got going on now. Even the way that she styled the music video is very theater girly. But this like is just giving me major ick because it's just like <laughs> there's no self-awareness or accountability. Now, who knows? Maybe there's going to be songs on this album that's yet to be released that does um, apologize or does take some sort of accountability. But it's giving like no sense of reading the room because a lot yeah. of people are still very much upset by this. So, so. I'm trying to find like the lyric that. You said it's like insensitive to the wife. 
Because this is basically calling out everyone who's there. You go constantly commenting on her love life and, and her my body face, and everything. Yeah, my face is sitting. I don't need no disguise. Don't comment on my body. Do not reply. Your business is yours. Mine is mine. Why do you care so much? Who's blank? I ride. Well, the wife probably cares. Um, and I feel like we live in a weird time with like cancellations and mm-hmm. um, I guess like how pop stars and influencers navigate cancellation is so interesting to me. So yeah, we, our, our queen Taylor knows about cancellation. That's for sure. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Well, speaking of Taylor, um, just touching on Taylor in the news, like what's going on with her this week. And this will also be old news by the time this comes out. But I just want to talk about how she was at the chiefs game this weekend where Jason Kelsey and Kylie Kelsey were there. Yes. And I'm sure everyone has seen the clips of Jason with his shirt off, but I just thought a national treasure. Yeah. Also, (laughs) yes, we got, we got the hand heart, we got the hand heart from the touchdown. I was thinking how the way this is all panning out with Travis, um, they're kind of having a weirdly normal relationship despite their celebrity status because it's like she's just at her boyfriend's football game hanging out with his family yeah (laughs) and like hang out with the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law like as one does like yeah like you erase all the celebrity parts of it and the fact that it's the nfl yeah and it's kind of normal it's you know? normal in the most unnatural way because mm-hmm. we're all watching. But yeah, I mean, it's so different to how she's approached her relationship with Joe mm-hmm. and how incredibly private it is. And I feel like we're almost used to seeing celebrities be incredibly pri- private for. Mm-hmm. But when you're a superstar and a football player, right. both very public performers, like get out there. Like we right. love this. We're loving, yeah. we're eating this up. We're mm-hmm. eating this up and I'm very happy it. for her. So yes. Yeah. Okay. Wait, I'm so excited for our episode today. Me too. Okay. Before we get into all of this, I just, if you're watching the video podcast or <gasps> you're watching on YouTube, what a thing of beauty. <laughs> okay. You have it on a plate. You're so fancy. Hey, I still have it in the container. You gave it to me. <laughs> Hey, that's a good view too, though. Hey, look at that top. <laughs> Today, yes. we are talking about Taylor's millennial milk bar birthday cake. We're going to talk about all the times she's mentioned birthdays, cakes. Um, we're going to talk mm-hmm. about the classically millennial of it all that Taylor embraces, all the things that is mm-hmm. millennial and makes her her. Also, our reflections on being millennials. Um, yes. And that. also just talking about milk bar and tasting this cake. So Mm -hmm. what a great episode. So before we get into everything about the cake, let's talk about the songs where she mentions birthdays. Okay. Before we get into anything else, we have to talk about the infamous 21st birthday party Mm -hmm. that broke everyone's hearts that broke Taylor's heart. And if you're not, if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about on the album red. Mm -hmm. Um, There's many insinuations about a 21st birthday that went wrong. So yeah. should we yeah. unpack this? Like, should we go song by song? Um, well, yeah. So the 21st birthday party, 
was a disaster because she was dating uh, allegedly. 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 She was dating Jake Gyllenhaal at the time. And things were already going downhill from what we can tell. And then she had her birthday party and he did not show up and he was supposed to be there. Yeah. It wasn't just like, oh, I can't come. I'm sorry. I can't make it. He was supposed to come and he never did. And we know that because of the lyrics of the moment I knew. Yeah. The song, the moment I knew is about this whole thing. All right. So let's take a listen. So that song was already devastating knowing what it's about, right? Oh, so Oh yeah. And that was on the deluxe version of red that came out 10 years ago. Mm. And then we got the 10 minute all too well. Adding details and context clues. Yeah. So can you play that one for us? Yeah, here we go. But then he watched me watch the front door all night willing you to come and he said it's supposed to be fun turning 21 okay and and that lyric is about her father watching her watch at the door all night yes yes that that is the lyric that when i first listened to the 10 minute version made me sob the hardest because Just- we all knew from the moment i knew what she's talking about and then to have her her dad watching her watch the door and then say to her, you know, hon, it's supposed to be fun turning 21. Devastating. What? Have you ever been in a situation like that where, like, somebody you really were interested in said that they were going to do something and they didn't follow through and it was heart-wrenching? Probably. <laughs> I have. And part of me, again, if you've listened to the first episode – I was not a Swifty until pretty late. 2020. If I had this album in my life mm-hmm. when it actually came out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You I, I would have made it my whole personality. Mm-hmm. Who would you be if you were a Swifty that long ago? More emotionally in tune. That's for sure. <laughs> um, the moment I knew is. Probably well when I re- was rediscovering Taylor's albums before the release, the re-release of Red. Mm-hmm. The moment I knew was one that stuck out to me almost immediately. That cello line in the beginning, mm-hmm. obviously, yeah. And I think it's just something that I related to because when you're that age, like twenty-one, mm-hmm. the person who you're dating feels like the most important person in the world, like. <laughs> Especially someone who's perhaps a little Jake Gyllenhaal cool Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you desperately want their approval and you desperately want them. And let's also remember how much older he was than her. Mm -hmm. So he probably thought her 21st birthday party was just like dumb and childish. Or that he just like wasn't down. Like Mm -hmm. he wasn't taking the relationship as seriously as she was. Right. 
And how devastating to know that on Taylor's birthday, 21st birthday, the big birthday, she's watching the door with her friends. She wore red lipstick. She wore her party dress and mm-hmm. he never showed. Her father mm-hmm. is watching mm-hmm. and makes yeah. that comment. Oh. Yeah. Also, the moment I knew and the 10 minute all too well refer to her crying in the bathroom the night Ooh. of her party. You ever cried on your birthday? Yes, I do. <laughs> Especially since developing clinical depression. Woo! <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's like, I felt like once I realized I was depressed and then you have birthdays, there's something about them oh, that boy. makes you just think about like, what is life? Yeah. The best thing about all this situation, though, is that although her 21st birthday sucked, she really turned it around on her 22nd, mm-hmm. according to 22. <laughs> so, I mean, let's just take a listen really quick. I'm uploading it. Wait one sec. Oh. <laughs> what a banger. I love it. Also, like, my cousin just turned, wait, someone just turned 32. I Me! I, I, <laughs> we did it. So what? Sarah Sarah and I did a Taylor Swift birthday party, and I was turning 32. <laughs> but I recently, like, sang, like, I'm feeling 32. It's just, that's just very fun to do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We'll have to do it when we're 42 as well. 52. Yeah. <laughs> so she obviously she obviously took um, her experiences from her 21st birthday and said, you know what? 22, mm-hmm. I'm going out. I'm hanging yeah. out with my friends. It's going to be weird and wild. And that's exactly what I want. I don't want to be worrying about a guy. So Which is what we also realized from getting the 10-minute version of All Too Well is we realized how the moment I knew is specifically about her 21st birthday, which we maybe hadn't quite put together before. And then it made more sense why she wrote a song about turning 22 and being 22, because I think she was like, turning 21 sucked. Yeah. I'm 22 and I'm going to make this the fun year. Yep. And also why she had 22 come after all too well in the original lineup for red. Bring it back. Bring up. This is why the vault tracks are so fun for us because we get extra pieces of the puzzle to put it all together. Red's re-release is a high I will never experience ever again. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Like I what a time. I want I want to go back to the like first the time Starbucks I listened to All Too collab. Well. Oh my God. Yeah. The first like, time I listened to the All Too Well 10 Minute, which obviously we'll get into more when we do the All Too Well episode. Because that's going to happen. But I that is a core memory for me. Such a good, such a good moment in time. Um, mm-hmm. Moving on to other birthday and cake references. You're on your own, kid. A very special song to me. Um, uh Again, just a reflection on aging and how a birthday and getting older is so bittersweet in so many ways. So let's just take a quick listen to your on your own kid. Give me one second. Okay, here we go. 
So that clip there, I don't, I mean, that could be, she could be talking about parties in general, but I also wonder if that's a little bit of a reference to that 21st birthday where it's like, she's trying so hard and thinking like the one thing that's going to make this perfect is this man to show up and like, give me a kiss on my birthday. Burst through the door with honey. I'm right there. Smile. Like, yeah. Like that's what she wanted this romantic moment. And Mm -hmm. she hosted parties Mm -hmm. and starved her body. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Like like she'd be saved by a perfect kiss. Like that she needed safe period that like Mm -hmm. everything would turn around if. Yeah. This This reflection looking back on her younger self and what she did and. Yeah, so th- so that line makes me think of that twenty first birthday a little bit. Absolutely, similar mindset. Also, so. just that that age of thinking that a romance with this desirable person mm-hmm. would fix everything. Um, so, yeah. All right, and then one of my other favorites, Coney Island. Mm-hmm. So. Coney Island was one of the first songs on Evermore that I was like, I'm obsessed. It was not for me. I could, I could sense that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I love the national. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously when I was like with the national. Yeah. This is like, this is a very Lara song. um, Yeah. Matt Matt Berninger, the singer of the national. Mm Mm-hmm. His voice is so straightforward and simple, yet heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. I knew that this was going to be a thing. So, <laughs> and it was. Mm-hmm. I think if you read it, maybe we should do a whole episode about Coney Island down the road. But there's, in my interpretation, this is a reflection of almost every single relationship that Taylor has been public with, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, through small references and sort of like looking back on those different like events and pictures in her mind of how time is passing. Regardless, we can get into that another episode, but mm-hmm. she references um, a big cake for her birthday. So let's just mm-hmm. take a quick listen to Coney Island. Hallway with a big cake. Happy birthday. Did I paint your bluest skies? The darkest gray. The universe way. So... This I do not think is referencing the 21st birthday party. Okay. Um, I, but I don't know who it, who it is talking about. Mm-hmm. I do think a mention of birthday is something to signal to this relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I actually do think it might be, but I think it's kind of like rewriting history. It's okay. this moment of like, were you there in the hallway with a big cake, happy birthday. Like in, in my, in my Mm. alternate universe, were you there? Like, but also he's the one singing this line. Yeah. So is he like the stand in for her love interest asking her, like, were you standing in the hallway with the big cake? Happy birthday. Yes. So that in that sense, maybe it was a reference because then it's like, 
He's imagining, asking because he wasn't there. Right. Imagining this context in which she was in celebrating her birthday with a big cake and he's watching from a different perspective, if that makes yeah. sense. Mm -hmm. I love this song. I love this song. I love this song so much. It is a good one. I have it's to be so a little bit in the mood for it when I listen to it, but I still know it's a great song. Mm, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, speaking of cakes. Yeah. So Taylor is known for having one specific birthday cake every single year, um, at least publicly. Mm -hmm. And that is the milk bar birthday cake. So the week of her birthday this past year in 2023 the Google searches for what is a milk bar cake went up by 700%. Because this was maybe the most public example that we've had, especially yeah. in the year of Taylor Swift. Yeah. To then have, you know, these public photos of her birthday with this cake. It was just yeah. like, we already kind of knew she was in the milk bar cake, but this oh, really yeah. laid it out there Cemented for it. Yeah. Mm hmm and the pictures of her celebrating her birthday, this cake is very recognizable by its, well. Yeah, I mean. It, yeah. Hello. It's a naked yeah. cake, meaning there's no, cake. there's no icing on the side. It's funfetti. It has very millennial funfetti, nostalgic sprinkles, all that fun stuff. So yeah. um, milk bar cake also increased by 130% on Google. Yeah. And I feel like growing up, in the 2010s and becoming like our 20 year old selves mm -hmm. milk bar was elite mm -hmm. um milk yeah. bar was known for its cereal milk ice cream which yeah. is amazing um amongst other things like milk bar pie and then of mm -hmm. course the birthday cake and it was really popular in the 2010s um and which is when taylor was living in new york city and milk bar Right. was founded in New York City. And, so, and then in her 2016 Vogue interview, she said that it was the best birthday cake she's ever had was the one for Milk Bar. So we know at least from 2016 to now, she's had this birthday cake. It's the best yeah. birthday cake. I was trying to figure out when she first had the birthday cake, but I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, we so. don't know an origin, but we know at least in 2016 she was eating this cake. Yeah, so sometime um, before 2016. So we're going to do a taste. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're somebody who's perhaps um, not into food sounds, understandable podcast <laughs> listeners, just skip ahead like yeah. a minute. But we are yeah. going to give our notes. So, and it, wait, so neither one of us has had this before, right? I have, I have had this. You have, okay. Yeah. Um, it was Jake and Amy's, my two friends, Jake and Amy's, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law's. <laughs> Your two friends? They were my friends before. They were family. Okay. <laughs> um, they had this as their wedding cake because <sighs> they got married during the pandemic, and. That so good. I know it's delicious. Um, it is the most birthday cake tasting cake ever. Mm -hmm. If you know what I mean. Okay. So, and I've never had it, but I have had the milk bar birthday cake truffles. Yes. And the birthday cake ice cream. So, so <gasps> here we go. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm getting a bite. Hmm. It's so sweet. <laughs> Hold on. Is this a cream cheese frosting? Okay, so I did pull up a rough recipe of this. Okay. And, um, well, first, what are your thoughts, initial thoughts? Well, 
it's good. My first thought is I taste a little twang of cream cheese, which is not my preference. There is no cream cheese. No, it's, it's buttercream. Um, actually I lied. There is cream cheese, but okay. it's a very small amount. It's not okay. like a cream cheese based. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's not overpowering. What I mean, one of these little things on top. Those. Oh, okay. What's this? So those are, um, they're called, uh, cake, excuse me. I have to the find cake it. truffles. Yeah. Cake truffles, which are very rich. Um, and at Jake and Amy's wedding, I was just nomming on those instead of the cake because <laughs> I love them. <laughs> okay. I would like it better without the cream cheese. I was expecting like a pure buttercream. I don't taste the cream cheese. Really? Oddly enough, yeah. There's this, there's Maybe a I'm very sensitive small to it. One thing I do really like about this cake is if you actually take a bite, like... They're smart about their textures because sometimes a cake can be very like dry cake, icing, dry cake, icing, dry cake. Mm -hmm. But there's always this layer of um, like something crumbles. Yeah. There's like this texture of cake crumbles in between. Yeah. It seems like they have um, crumbled up things of these truffles. Oh, and they also have a soak on top of each cake layer. Um, oh, what's the so, soak for this? Do we I'm know? looking it up. You know what's so dumb? I probably have the recipe for this cake oh, it's, in a cookbook it's, downstairs. <laughs> it's vanilla vanilla milk. Oh. Okay. But I like the texture a lot because sometimes it can be kind of boring to eat a cake. Yeah. Well, this is what the bottom looks like. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Isn't it like the most birthday cake tasting birthday cake? I don't know. I guess so. No, like it's really good. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I wish the buttercream was more of a non-cream cheesy buttercream. Because I do not like cream cheese frosting with anything except like a carrot cake. I don't want it in any other flavor town. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> I think if you're if you're somebody who loves like a funfetti cake, this is right up your alley. Mm-hmm. Like if you love a traditional white sprinkle cake. And don't get me it. wrong, I'm gonna eat the heck out of this. <laughs> it's good. Honestly, okay. Sarah <laughs> and I on our previous podcast, Passports and Pizza, which we will link, yeah. We were obsessed with tasting milk bars ice cream. And Mm -hmm. their ice cream is sold at most major uh, grocery stores. So if you're interested in getting a taste of this without the actual cake and paying for shipping and doing all that, which by the way, they do ship. So if you're interested, we'll put a link in the show notes, but this cake is expensive though. (laughs) It is. I would say it's for a special birthday. So yeah. Um, Not expensive to Taylor Swift. No, Um, I would recommend the birthday cake truffles over Mm. this cake though. Yeah, the truffles, period, are very good. Yeah. And they're cheaper. But the ice cream is delicious. And um, you can sort of get a sample of each of sort of like the play, sorry, the flavor profiles mm-hmm. of their major like popular things like the milk bar pie, which is delicious. 
Yeah. Um, some of their Which chocolate is, stuff's really good. My favorite of the ice creams are the chocolate mint cookies and cream, which mm. is kind of like thin mint cookie ice cream, but milk barified. And also the chocolate. Wait, is it the chocolate birthday cake? No, where's the chocolate peanut? Oh, the peanut yeah, butter the- chocolate cookie crush. I'm telling you one, one thing Milk Bar does right, and Luke and I are such freaks about this, but, like, they always have texture in what they're doing. Like, mm-hmm. it's not overpowering, but it's just, like, something to keep you interested in what you're eating yeah. because, like, the each one of these has, like, some sort of, like, the chocolate crumble or the chocolate of the peanut some, butter chocolate Something one. crunchy. Oh, oh you had, mean of the cookie ones. Yeah, it's so mm-hmm. good. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I also love... Well, the cereal milk one is so good because it has those cornflake clusters. Mm, yeah. The pie one has like pie crust pieces. Yeah. The chocolate birthday ice cream, I have not seen yet. I haven't seen that either. I was just at the grocery store and I saw everything that you had mentioned, including the mint, but I have not seen that. So, yeah, this one's new. I'm sure I'm going to love that one though. Okay, so if you are interested, go to your local grocery store and see if they sell any of these milk bar products. I'm pretty sure they might sell it at Target, too. So if you have a Target, you can check that out. Whole Foods does as well. I know that for sure. I don't know if Target has. I know Target has Jenny's ice cream, but I don't know if I've seen the milk bar ice creams there. I've seen their other products of of milk bar there, like their um, cookies and stuff. So it's possible, but... yeah. Um, and I don't know if they're selling the ice cream online. They were, but I don't, I don't know if they are anymore. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know if you can get it online. Just the other stuff. Look into it though. It's definitely worth a try. Yeah. So if you are like, what's the heck is milk bar? Why do they keep talking about this? (laughs) Um, milk bar (laughs) is founded by the James Beard award-winning pastry chef, Christina Tosi who opened the East Village Milk Bar in 2008. And this was like prime millennial time, okay? Mm -hmm. This was like peak every millennial stepping into their power. And Mm -hmm. I have to say, her Netflix like feature on Chef's Table is a 10 out of 10 watch, especially for any female foodie. I love her. I don't know how I have not watched that yet. Sarah, you have to. She's so likable. And she also isn't serious about cooking. Some of these chef's mm-hmm. tables episodes are so serious. And I get it. It's an art form. Mm-hmm. But what I love about Christina is like, she's not afraid to play with food and yeah. make it fun. Like a lot of her things have these nostalgic references. Like this is, this is an elevated funfetti cake. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we love it. Yeah. I have a couple of her cookbooks. And well, I also just love the branding, you know, everything's so pink and like neon and Barbie. Yeah. Um, But she, I think she's from Ohio. So she has this real, like almost Midwest middle America um, cozy home cooking supermarket vibe to her. Mm -hmm. It's not like, farm to table and organic, you know, it's, she's kind of like creating her own fancy processed foods. Her whole, her whole, yeah. Her whole process is like, uh, I want to like refine these grocery store staples that like America's obsessed with like Dunkaroos 
Mm-hmm. And like taking the cereal milk that we all love to slurp down at the end of a cereal bowl and make that something really cool. Mm-hmm. And it's so fun and delightful. Like she is so charming. You have to watch this chef's table. Episode. Yeah. I don't know how I haven't seen that yet, but I am going to You'll, watch it. You would love it. I know you probably wouldn't like the other chef's table episodes, but this is one you would, you mm-hmm. would like for sure. Um, have you tried her, um, the little the bags at the grocery store of the small bite sized crunchy cookies. I have not. They're good. The I've had the like brown butter chocolate chip ones, and then there's also cinnamon sugar ones that taste like cinnamon toast crunch. But they come in a little baggie. You can find them in the cookie aisle. And she also sells that uh, ready to bake cookie yeah. dough in the refrigerated section. She's so, killing it. Yeah, like you do not have to live in New York City to have Milk Bar anymore. You can definitely have it at home from the grocery store. You don't just have to order a cake for $70 yeah. online. <laughs> so there's been a lot of discussion about how this Milk Bar cake is like classically millennial. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> we can include a link or two about some of the things that have mentioned this. But I feel like this would be a good time for us to talk about millennial core things taylor as a millennial our thoughts on being millennials because Mm -hmm. like not only has taylor just absolutely been sending it in terms of being a millennial woman she is like openly just like i don't care make fun of me like (laughs) she is like i know i'm cringy deal with it and taylor's been criticized for not having very like she doesn't have this like chic sense of style, but I think that's why people like her is because she dresses mm-hmm. like the average American, but yeah. a, a slightly step up. Like she has the designer bags versus like the cheap forever 21 bags. But mm-hmm. she, like she's been worn seeing heeled booties, classically mm-hmm. millennial, a side part, classically millennial. Yeah. She posts like all these photos with this filter. Which I think she uses the same Instagram filter that she has used yeah. Since Instagram began. Millennial. <laughs> like, Which was back in like 2011. Yeah. So yeah, she just, she has her routines and her things that she loves and she sticks with it. Because She's she also can. been using a ton of emojis the way yes. that millennials do. She even commented on it on her birthday post. She said, P.S. Troll me all you want about my excessive and literal emojis use, but A... No one's prouder to be a millennial and B it's my birthday. And today I am exempt, (laughs) which could that be an Easter egg? I don't know because she's hidden. She's hidden clues in crazier places for sure. Right. Which this also goes back to the whole Sagittarius thing where it's like, it's my birthday. Is she really drawing attention to the fact that it's her birthday? We don't or know what, or is she really just saying like, I see you guys trolling me and I don't care. Yeah. LOL. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, she's also spoken about how we should all embrace the cringe, mm-hmm. which is something I hear my students say a lot. So let's she, in her NYU speech. Um, she said, learn to live alongside cringe. No matter how hard you try to avoid being cringe, you will look back on your life and cringe retrospectively. Cringe is unavoidable over a lifetime. Even the term cringe might someday be deemed cringe. I promise (laughs) you, you're probably doing or wearing something right now that you will look back on and find revolting and hilarious. 
you can't avoid it, so don't try to. For example, I had a phase for the entirety of 2012, I dressed like a 1950s housewife. But you know what? I was having fun. Trends and phases are fun. Looking back and laughing is fun. And I love yeah. that. Yeah. It's so true. We're all going to look back at the things we did or what we wore or what we said and think like, oh, God, you know. Always. Yeah. I'm sure we will listen back to this podcast episode, you know. And cringe. Years from now and be like, oh, no. What yeah. are you saying? What were you doing? Literally. And I think that's one of the things that <laughs> something I've – my TikTok algorithm has shown me a lot is like the fear of being perceived. Just mm-hmm. like – I fear being perceived by anybody. Right. So if I don't share myself online, I don't have to be perceived. So. Yeah. And I think yeah. like when, when we put ourselves out there, like doing a podcast or sharing on social media or whatever, showing your face or just sharing what you love, we fear of, we have this fear of being cringe, of being yeah. embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And what Taylor's saying is amazing. It's like, who cares? We're all going to cringe. Like it doesn't (laughs) matter. Yeah. Yeah. And anytime we say someone else is being cringe, what we're really saying is, Oh God, I would be so embarrassed if that was me. Like you're projecting, Yeah, you know, but if Taylor is not going to be embarrassed about it, then who are you to be embarrassed for her? You know, like, that's that's your problem. Yeah. You know? So Taylor said that she is never prouder to be a... She's a proud millennial. Are we proud millennials? What are your thoughts on that? Am I a proud millennial? Yeah, I think in the sense that I feel defensive about being, <laughs> like, shat on by every other generation. <laughs> true, true. Um, I, I, But I am also annoyed about being a millennial sometimes just yeah. for like what we've had to deal with, like with the economy and everything. Yeah. You know, for especially sure compared to boomers. Oh my God. Well, yeah, you've heard this comparison. Gen Z is like the new boomer, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> but what um, does that mean? Well, before I get into it, I just feel like every <clears throat> era generation, whatever are always going to be compared to their predecessors and always uh, judged by their predecessors. Mm -hmm. So I feel kind of bad judging Gen Z, but I think that (laughs) one of the things I've seen a lot online is that Gen Z is called like (laughs) the new boomer, the boomerification of Gen Z, which is, (laughs) I think that Gen, uh, Gen Z has this, well, what about me mentality Mm-hmm. it's like you post a cheeseburger recipe and then somebody recipes. Well, I'm vegan. You should think about vegans. Oh, I and, see. and versus, uh, and I, the boomerification is, you know, a boomer goes to Starbucks and says, why, why would you ask me if I want whole milk or almond milk? Mm. Like versus millennials <laughs> that are like, I'm so sorry to bother you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Don't, don't look at me. But like, these are all yeah. very cliche, simplified <laughs> generalizations about a generation. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's fair to assess everyone like that, but it is funny. So, I mean, we're made fun of all the time as millennials. We are incredibly cringy. Um, and I say this because I teach Gen Z, right? They are so brutal. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I think that's the other thing is that millennials have been crapped on for so long by everyone older than us. And now we have this generation coming up behind us. And I think a lot of us are like, Gen Z is so cool. And yes. they're like, F you, we hate you. <laughs> We're like, what? Why does like, everyone hate us? <laughs> what did we do? Everyone hates us. It's fine. Yeah. Everyone hates us. It's fine. Yeah. No, it's true. going to hate us. It's fine. But I do think millennials, well, I'll speak for myself. Mm-hmm. I love Gen Z. Like, I love them so much. I do too. <laughs> Um, which for the most part, yeah, I love their mentality. I love Mm -hmm. how they approach things. I love their sense of humor. I teach them every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like they're, it's hard to summarize every generation like simply, but they have no fear of calling things out that they don't like, Mm -hmm. that they don't agree with. And they're not really interested in impressing or, following the status quo necessarily. So yeah, um, I used to attempt to try to learn their ways. I used to try to be like, wait, what is that? What are we wearing? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they mm-hmm. literally made me stop having a side part. Um, <gasps> so, wow. uh, but now I just realized I look like a dinosaur who's just trying to fit in. So like, if I like something, I'll wear it, but I'm not going to actively mm-hmm. try to dress like Gen Z. That's even cringier than just dressing like a millennial in my opinion. True. Yeah. So well, so I saw a TikTok the other day about how millennials and Gen Z are in the same cultural space, mm. which is unusual. Like, usually it's like one generation grows up and has kids and a family, and you're less connected to pop culture and all these things. And now we have all these millennials, like ourselves, where... And like, this is where I feel like existential crisis Barbie, where <laughs> like, um, we are in our mid thirties. I'm 34 and a half. Hold as on. Of this recording. I'm 32. I'm in my early thirties. Okay. You're in your early thirties, but still like <laughs> at, at my age, my mom had three kids and she had kids older for her generation. Right. Yep. And so our generation is just truly stunted where like our friends are having children now and some of them are even having their second kid. And I still feel like, how are they doing it? Like, wait, we're doing this on purpose now. Like teen pregnancy, like a teen pregnancy. It's everything. Okay. But no, we're no, we're doing it on purpose and we're doing it through IVF because we had to wait so goddamn long. Yeah. And, <laughs> And like the fact that I'm literally about to be married for the second time and I still feel like a child in a lot of ways. Like I own my home, I'm divorced and I'm now engaged again. Like I'm doing all these other things, but still haven't done the kid thing. And so my brother is having a baby soon and it's going to be the first grandchild in my family. Like I'm the youngest of three and I'm 34 and we're all about to, like the first child is about to enter. And I told my mom, I was like, this is going to ruin Christmas. I was like, it's going to change things. I was like, this was going to be our last good Christmas because it's never going to be the same again because we're no longer the kids. No. But was, my mom yelled we're at not. us the other year. And she was like, you guys are all near 40. For real. So, 
Yeah, true. But also, I'm still the kid of the family, you know? And so anyway, all, all that to say that millennials are kind like you and I, childless millennials, are very much still in the same space as these kids in their 20s who are just working, living life, you know, maybe our, trying to buy a house or whatever they're doing. Just Our social, like, social media space is the same. Yeah, we're watching the same TikToks. We're doing right. all the same stuff. And that has not really happened before. No, because we were the generation that embraced the internet. Yeah. Yeah, like, so we were the first ones to have it. And now they're coming up behind us. And we're like, oh, cool. We're all hanging out here together. But then Gen mm-hmm. Z is like, what are you still doing here? <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. This is as far as I got. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, the truth is, we we live in a time when millennials are stunted mm-hmm. in all capacities. And Gen Z is in the phase where they think they know everything, which we've been in as well. Yeah. And... I think this is a toxic mix um, (laughs) because even my beloved Renee Rapp said that she's ageist against millennial women. Um, Well, yeah. What is the context of that? Like, what was she saying about us? Because I love her too. I love love her her so much. We should talk about her in one of our. Yeah. I feel like she's Billie Eilish in a different font. Yes, absolutely. In a theater font. Um, Mm -hmm. If you don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about Renee Rapp. Renee Rapp is a Broadway star who played Regina George, turned TV uh, actor and now um, pop star and Mm -hmm. movie star. So again, of the she is now playing Regina George in the musical movie version, which I saw and loved, which is probably cringe because it's getting kind of mid reviews. And I'm like, I had a blast. I love it. (laughs) So. I have not seen it. Um, and she's great. A, I love her. I love I her too. It. But it, the thing with her is <clears throat> like what you were saying about Gen Z, they're not afraid to speak up. Yeah. Like if she gets an interview question that she doesn't like, she's going to be like, that's bullshit. I don't like that. Yeah. Why are we talking about this? I'm not answering that. Or she'll say this person treated me badly. Oh, here There's, we go. Like what's wrong with that? You know? So she said, I was just like, the young one in situations and millennial women were always coming for me. And I was like, shut up. Like (laughs) I can hear her saying this. Yeah. So (laughs) she's nonchalantly said that she's ages towards millennial women, which is meant that people like us are like, wait, why we love you. Like (laughs) we absolutely love you. She does not care in these interview bites, man. Like she just like goes for it. I love Um, it. Yeah. I love it too. Um, she's had bad experiences with millennial women judging her, I guess. So wow. that's unfortunate. I would never do that to my queen. So I loved how, uh, <laughs> I forget when I've been, I don't know. Someone was asking her, do you have notes for Rachel McAdams for on like, her performance? <laughs> and she's like, what? She's like, I don't know. Date me. <laughs> we love her for it though. So I can't be mad. I- yeah, no, I love it. I love it so much. I think what we're getting down to is like millennials classically just want to be accepted and, <laughs> and nobody revered, likes revered for our work. But all we're told is that we are 
babies and how we act like the world owes us everything and we don't we don't want to work by the people older than us and the people younger than us say that we're not cool so yeah i mean gen z really doesn't want to work yeah in a way that they're like work for what what's the point of any of this which you're like honestly i'm a little worried for gen z and the amount of antidepressants we're going to need for that entire generation dude (laughs) but but at least they know about it. They're all like in therapy and figuring stuff out. Absolutely. I don't there's know. No, They'll help there's turn no, things around. Hopefully. Yeah. So but that's we're why, assuming. Like, yeah. Yeah. But this is why Taylor being like, yeah, I'm a millennial and you're just going to deal with it. I don't so care. What? So what? Here I am. I'm eating my milk bar cake, even though it's 2023. And I'm using the same Instagram filter. Come and at me, bro. What of it? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, me too. All right. So what's our next episode going to be? Uh, so we don't know, but it's probably going to be a song, like our first true song focused episode. Yeah. I think. Might be fun to do blank space. Since That's what our, I was thinking. Our name is blank plate after blank space. Yeah, I was thinking we probably should start with that. So let's just do that. Our next episode is going to be about blank space. And we're going to do a music deep dive, unless something absolutely crazy happens, which could very well happen. So we will see it when the time comes, for Mm -hmm. sure. So, I mean, any other final thoughts before we wrap up? I mean, much love to all of our fellow millennials. Always. Please try milk bar in some fashion yeah look for it at your grocery store send us your thoughts on it we yeah. want to know what you think we have a voicemail that we would love for you guys to use um and if you have any thoughts on milk bar being a millennial please send us these voicemail things guys i mean for real it would be <laughs> fun to have someone things. else yeah <laughs> i mean i don't love a voicemail personally right but for the podcast in this context yes please absolutely. leave a voicemail and our number for that is 717-382-8313. Yes. So thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to support the pod, please give us a follow at Blank Plate Pod on TikTok and on Instagram. You can check out our website at blankplatepodcast.com. Of course, we made ourselves a tongue twister. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, please send us an email at blankplatepod at gmail.com. And like we said... Please leave us a voicemail. That Again, that number is 717-382-8313. Please voicemail us. Yay. Yes, please. And until then, we've had the time of our lives with you. And you know, it's time to go. Bye. Bye. Happy birthday, Taylor. Woo. Woo. <laughs> <laughs>